0: Steal the floor. I don't know why you're here. <laughs> well, then I'm out. I got about a thousand things to do. So you let me
1: know when it's done, canon You say, let me ready, know. Bryn, go. You're on. You're on right? Let me take it out. <laughs> you are on. Take it, my friend.
0: I'm Josh Signal. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host.
1: And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually.
0: Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together
1: for 10
0: years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teaches people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early.
1: And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it, and it was so fun.
0: But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations,
1: motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money and marketing.
0: We are inviting you to continue this journey with us and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmansense at gmail.com.
1: And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channel channels You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready?
0: Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. All right, welcome back to Sigmund Sense. Uh, finishing up the year, 2021 is almost over. Just Holy a couple moly. last episodes here to knock out. Uh, 2021. About uh, you know all things business, and so uh, one of the things that came up that we wanted to talk about, which is so 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 important in the grand scheme of things, is the importance of presentations. Yes, and I'm sure that some people that are listening to this are like getting squeamish and like, oh my god, I hate presentations, I hate being a public speaker. Did and you know
1: that it's like the number one fear of all people? Is yeah, it's like it's, a, it's like up like there. It's Public number speaking yep. then death. <laughs> like it's something crazy about, like that.
0: What about <clears throat> being naked in front of people? That's not there somewhere. No, too. some of it. That's that's like no,
1: that's like exciting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're a freaking weirdo. Um, and that's why I like you. So, uh, the answer is that, uh, let's talk about why it's important to be a public speaker and how this applies. So we're, we're actually talking about is presentations.
1: Yeah. Not, it doesn't even have to be it's public, not public speaking, but,
0: yeah. uh, I want people to think of it the same way because the better you get at presentations and public speaking over time, uh, the bigger the audience, the, the more options you have, I yes. believe in all business. And so,
1: and this is, and I want to clarify too, it could be one-on-one interviews. Inter- so yes. presenta- presentation. One on, yeah complaining about something to a hotel
0: Yep, like uh, the right way where you actually right get way. what you want out of it rather than just be a bitcher um. which just happened <laughs> yesterday Car- to me oh, you were being a Karen <laughs>
1: no I was not being a Karen I was being Karen's lovely stepsister
0: <laughs> see we're gonna I need to coach you on this but I so, what f- I want. so very seriously let's talk about presentations and uh, there's lots of things what I love about presentations in general is that it's a skill set that can be developed and Uh, I find that, yes, there are a few people that just love the camera, love the stage, love all attention on them. And then there's most everybody else, including myself. Um, And, you know, there's a story that I've told a couple hundred times to, you know, to make people laugh and get myself uh, in the rhythm of public speaking when I know I've got a big crowd and I'm nervous about it and really it's uh, you know i was i was for sure an introvert and i for sure did not like people looking at me and for sure long time ago i kind of caught on fire in in <laughs> <laughs> in a science class and um, you know i had to take my clothes off in front of the rest of the class and so uh, that is a true story i'm sure i'll tell that whole story at a different time but um, but i i really have not enjoyed public speaking for many years afterwards or having eyes on me in any way shape or form and you know, it's funny that uh, I, I'm doing a podcast now and you think, oh, he is, he wants attention. It's like, no, actually, I've never watched one of my podcasts ever. I've never watched one of the videos I've recorded <laughs> so ever. So weird. It is weird, but I, it, it makes me nervous. I know that getting content out is important to business. I know that helping people is important right. to me. And so again, going back to where I started, it is very important to work on your presentation skills because your audience and options gets bigger over time, right? Yes. And so uh, wh- what are we going to cover today? I think we, we talk, talk about everything from, yes, the one-on-one stuff. So um, uh, we got to talk about preparation and, and the pros and cons of being uber prepared versus having bullet points and different styles there. We got to talk about if you are in front of people, uh, eye contact and the nonverbals, everything from energy and inflection and tonality and dramatic pauses uh, and reading the room and being willing to change and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff is super important. Um, I think that when it comes to presentation, we got to talk about four, three, two, one from our good friend, Mr. Avery. Yep. Um, and, uh, the four, three, two, one is a couple of rules to live by, to be prepared for any kind of business meeting or chance meeting even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll talk about that for sure.
1: And the one you haven't mentioned yet, which I can't believe cause it's normally the first one you mention, is to be real, share pain,
0: be real, share pain. Absolutely. So, Oh, uh, let's talk about all of it. And uh, <laughs> where where do you think we should start?
1: I have no idea. Um, let's see. I think we should start with preparation. Okay, I love that. <laughs> Seems like the logical, logical place to
0: to start. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second. So I'm give my. Uh, I'm a, a very abbreviated in my preparation compared to a lot of people. Yes. And so mind you that my personality type is a DI. So I'm a bullet point oriented. Uh, very um, uh, focused on time. Time is a priority of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I assume it is for other people as well. And then I'm an I so I'm more about the relationship than I am about the details. And so my style of preparation uh, has changed. And it changed because I was uh, corrected by one of my first coaches, Rick Ruby, when it comes to public speaking. And so my old style was if I had to write a speech for high school or college or um, you know, I was going to go to a B&I group I literally, whatever the subject was I was going to speak on, I would literally write out every single word to a presentation. Right. And I literally would show up with 15 pages and I would read enough times <laughs> that I could, I felt like I was a good presenter because I'd look down and read, you know, 75% of this. And then other, look up really and quick. And then look up so people <laughs> felt like I was getting eye contact and they go back down to go reading right down. again. And if you've ever been in a meeting like that, it sucks ass. Oh,
1: so, terrible. <laughs> so I did not realize
0: how poor oh, I, so I was. Oh, it's Terrible and so um but you know do i think you should prepare of course the the more at stake the more you probably should prepare Uh, but i always start with right now only speak about things that you know and do
1: i have that asterisk um, which is where i do think that when we have to present in college or school or whatever Uh we get a little screwed because we don't really know that stuff yet (laughs) so this it's just about having to present something so but yes as long as you're talking about what you know. Whew.
0: and what you do, what you know, what you do. Like, yes, one of, my, one of my styles of coaching is I only coach on things I actually do. You know, when, when we talk about marketing calendars that you do, you coach on what we actually mm-hmm. do, not what we think we should do. Right. 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 Um, and so uh, I think that's really important um, when people get get caught in like one of my biggest nightmares I can think of that would be possible would be to be stumped. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm doing a presentation in front of a, a paying audience, as an example. And somebody asked me a question about my craft and I don't know the answer in front of a hundred people <laughs> or a thousand people. Yeah. That's pretty much my worst nightmare. Right. Yeah. So I just don't open it up to that. I only talk about what I know and what I do and what I know to be true. And, huge, I, and I huge. literally say that is not my expertise. Right. And I don't try to answer the question if it's not something that I really understand. And I think that's a, a a big piece so of course the more knowledge you have in an area the better off you're gonna be Mm -hmm. but then what do you do with that and here's the second step for me second step is I want to organize my thoughts of a presentation like a story right because keeping attention spans is difficult for a lot of people and especially since your style of speaking or your southern drawl or uh, or your speed and cadence might not be effective for the listener or shit they might just be tired that's right. really important to, to do the entire presentation, keeping a storyline in mind, meaning there's a normal beginning, a good opener to kind of catch somebody's attention. Mm-hmm. There's the meat and potatoes, you know, the the building the thoughts, the creating the the, uh, the issues, creating the solutions. And then you, ha- you have to bring it home, like whatever the call to action is. Uh, for example, if you're in an interview, if you don't leave the last words out of your mouth saying, I really want the job. I promise you, you're making a mistake, right? Right. So you know what's the intro to your you and your life? What, what are the salient facts that you want somebody to know about you? You know how do you build the case that you're the right person for the job? And then the finale of my God, I like you. Do you like me? Because I really want this job. And please stop interviewing other people. Yeah. Like that is what I mean by cre- creating a storyline. When you think in terms of speaking uh, uh, about a book that you wrote or uh, pitching a invention that you that you came up with, right? it's got to be the same thing it's the uh it's the introduction it's building the case and it's the conclusion right and it's got to be read like a book or watched like a story yeah or like a movie right so you know um i also think that too much information is a big mistake that a lot of people do yeah um what i was taught is that when you present too much information about something It's because of your insecurities that you're not bringing enough value. Yes, And so you keep on, and and this, and this, and this. And you'll notice at the end of a speech or presentation, the person that, it feels like the first three quarters of the speech were well thought out and going really well. And then the last five minutes, all of a sudden they throw in like 30 more things (laughs) that you don't really get any clarity on. And you're like, it leaves you hanging um that's evidence of they didn't feel like they added enough value in the presentation in the first place right mm-hmm. so uh jim reed one of my best buddies in the world literally told me dude you get up on stage you tell people what you're going to teach them tell, tell them the three things you, you're going to teach them teach them those three things at the end of them ask them if they learned the three things that you <laughs> taught them right like hey i'm gonna get up here i'm gonna Just tell you about really one simple. two and three yeah you know I'll, I'll tell you that as simple as that thought process is <laughs> hey here's the three things <laughs> well, i'm gonna teach you today Talk about those three things. Did you learn about these three things? That's what I taught you. You're probably going to work out okay. I mean,
1: most times we overthink just about everything. So the more simple you can keep it, the better. And I know for sure, for sure for me, that has been the hardest thing. Um, That in combination with timing of like what's the accurate amount of time. Oh, interesting. Per subject or whatever. Like if I have an hour, I don't know how much content. It takes me to get through an hour. I uh, love that. So that's a little
0: asterisk. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think it's worth listening to. Um, how long are our meetings scheduled for? Like at our company? How long are a typical meeting scheduled for? An hour. How long do they typically take? An hour or
1: <laughs> 55 minutes or
0: less <laughs> or less. Right. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I've had meetings that were scheduled for an hour that lasted 20 minutes and a lot that are 45 minutes, and then uh, you know, plenty that lasted the full hour, and very, 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 very few as a percentage of all the m- meetings I've ever right, done that, have gone that last past it, right? What the point Ooh. is is that when you're done, you're done. Right. Because... Uh, people can tell as well. That's where people start grasping for additional data. Oh, my God, right. I've got 10 minutes left. Now I've got to fill the time. No, i got to fill the time. Nope, just be done. Just be done. The gift of time for the last 10 minutes is a wonderful gift that most of us would take from you, right?
1: Absolutely, freaking <laughs> Yes. <laughs> 100%. Sorry, that
0: was a good asterisk, though, uh, based on what you just said there. So, um, so finishing up my thought process on preparation, um, I also, there's two pieces at the very end that I do that is very subtle that most people don't look at. Number one is I qualify my audience.
1: Oh, that was gonna, that's where I was gonna go to. I I gotta know who is in the room.
0: Yep. uh, I think it's super important. So I'm a lender. Imagine me speaking to a bunch of realtors, right? Not all realtors are equal. Some are in the business for 30 days, some are three years and some are 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. So what I might be uh, prepared to speak on might not be relevant to the audience if I don't take the damn time to ask. I get paid to professionally speak all over the place. And I love it when I have a lunch or a coffee before the speech. Because whoever's at the table, I ask him, hey, out of curiosity, what are, out of what are you hoping to get out of the speech? What are you hoping to get out of the speech? What are you hoping to get out of the speech? And I will for sure switch and add or subtract based on what the feedback is because I yeah. want to qualify my audience. Because I want to qualify. I love that, Ken. Do you want to keep <laughs> it going? That's good, That's good background music. It's <laughs> <That was laughs> just joking. Very, that was very nice. So uh, the qualifying the audience is a nuance I think is super important. So it's, if, you, if you're going in blind and you don't have the opportunity to talk to somebody, then whoever invited you, whether it's the interviewer, interviewer or uh, the project manager, ask uh, in advance, mm-hmm. like, totally. hey, how much information would you like? Because I could talk about this for days. Yeah. How much time do I have? Uh, what's the most important thing for your decision that you're gonna be making? What are you looking for in the presentation? Mm-hmm. What's the next step, right? Yep. Because if you don't understand that you can't build it out the 30 minutes right. or the hour, and the last thing you wanna be doing is have an hour of speech prepared or presentation prepared, and they give you 15 minutes. Oh, You're man. in a lot of trouble. <laughs> You're, You're in a, a lot, lot of trouble. trouble if that's the case, right? <laughs> yes. So um, so that qualifying is that that second to last step for me. The last step is is that I do actually practice at least one run-through uh, in my room before I do a speech or a presentation. Yeah. I do one run-through. And the reason is is that uh, I want it to be familiar to me because I want to have bullet points laid out in front of me about where I want this conversation yes. to go, yeah. but I don't want to be reading my bullet points at all. I want to have a reference of if I got lost, I go back to my bullet points. Okay, that's where I'm at and keep going. Right. But I would have already gone through my mind so see if it sounds like a storyline or if it feels really choppy. Yep. Right. So for me, that's how I prepare. How do you prepare? Uh,
1: Basically all the same things. Um, You know, for me, I write down, um, I start with the basic bullet points, um, usually three or four. And then for myself, I do probably three or four, bullet points underneath each one that are reminders like little trigger words things you want to cover yes like you need you know cover this cover that um and then usually there's some asterisks off to the side of like you know if it goes this direction or you know just just other little helpful reminders um but normally i don't have those things in my hands right most of the time they're off somewhere to the side like you know on a podium or on a table so also a great time to kind of take a drink of water review just take a quick glance at my notes and then I can continue make sure that I'm covering and staying on track um I do um I I do not do a full run through out loud I 100% do run throughs in my head multiple times multiple times to make sure that um. again that I'm just I'm comfortable and confident with what I want the points to be yep. basically.
0: I would also make an asterisk here around you know do not waste an hour of time or two hours time on a presentation that has no payoff like as a business person as a professional oh, as, coach as the speaker. like uh, let's use this podcast as an example right um, we prepare a little bit before each presentation or each podcast because we want to make sure that there's value that's added but it takes like 10 minutes to yeah. talk about what we know, create the bullet points, what's the flow going to sure. look like. And we have a rough time frame of 45, 40 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes that we need to fill. Um, but, like, I'll just give you an example. Let's just read what bullet points that we wrote down in the five minutes ahead of time. Presentations, four, <laughs> three, two, one, going to cover that for sure. Verbals versus nonverbals, <laughs> uh, uh, time, pauses, tonality, energy, eye contact, uh, s- uh, start and stop. I don't know what you just wrote there. Be real, share pain. Uh, story style, right? So the point is, is it's a reference, but there's no, for people that are watching YouTube, there's no details past that. Again, going back to, we're only going to talk about what we know and actually do, not what we were told once a long time ago or read in a book. For sure, for sure. So um, from a preparation perspective, I think that's really important to understand. If if you have a lot on the line, like you are trying to get an investor to invest millions of dollars into a great idea or company that you have, please, for the love of God, spend some time up front. Uh, make sure that that uh, you, you have it dialed in because uh, one thing that Ryan Avery taught me years ago is that confidence demonstrates competence. Yes. So when you are secure in your presentation because of your preparation, then you're going to come off as a professional that, uh, that people will bet on and they'll put money behind you or they won't. You get the best idea in the world and if you're one of those kind of shaky critters, <laughs> like... <laughs> all of us know what I'm talking about curves. you know you look somebody and they're like not looking you back in the eyes they're stuttering a lot uh how much are you asking for a m- 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 million dollars uh no that's the yeah, answer that's right a hard no so it's it's something that's really important to understand that if you're if you got a lot on the line then you better put some time into it ahead yeah. of time <laughs> yes. so you're not practicing on the people you're trying to sell or convince sure. of an idea or or a uh, product product right?
1: but I think too I mean you kind of mentioned it earlier like running team meetings running company meetings running sales meetings if you're a realtor which we obviously you know work with a lot of realtors presenting a listing presentation presenting a buyer presentation um i have family meetings because i'm a huge nerd but like randy and i do sit down and say here's what we need to talk to these freaking kids about like here's what's pissing us off right now or here's where we want this next year to look like with us like you know you have to there's there's all kinds of presentations um, and we jokingly talked about earlier um, I did just get back from a trip um, to Nashville had uh, the opportunity to stay in two different hotels first one was great the second one was horrendous and it's the one that I've been to before and the last time was fabulous and so I felt so slighted but I also felt like there was this a duty of mine to like share my experience and how different the two have been and um, so I did get a chance to talk to the manager and I feel like I presented my case very well I was not rude I wasn't mad I just I basically just said you know I feel like you deserve to hear s- some feedback um, and as a result I mean they come a whole night which is not what I, I did not ask for anything but I but I I feel like I presented it in a respectful enough way that it got me something. So, no, I was not a Karen. <laughs> I Why was I was, a con- I was a unpaid consultant. <laughs> I
0: love that. I love that. So, presentation. So, you got some preparation going. Um, I feel compelled to start with, let's uh, talk about, uh, l- let's do public speaking because it's the hardest one to deal with. Yes. But there's some really good bullet points that you can kind of rattle off, that we can both rattle off as far as, Um, when you watch public speakers, and you can YouTube this and just kind of pay attention, there's some things that better speakers do than others. And the ones that the others follow that category, what's interesting to me is that uh, it's usually annoying ticks that are what take away from the message, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Quite often the content could be crappy, but if the presentation is excellent, then people are engaged. On the flip side, the content can be perfect and your non-verbals can really destroy an overall presentation oh and take gosh. it away. Yeah. So I mean, do you find that to be true?
1: Like more than true. It's almost it's almost sad yeah. that it, that you're, I should
0: care about this, but I can't but even watch. I it's can't like a train wreck. Even,
1: yes, because it's just so <laughs> bad that all I can all I can watch is how uncomfortable or nervous or whatever the yeah. presenter is giving, or yeah. how over time we are, or just yes, it can kill totally kill so, any presentation so having
0: given thousands of presentations this time i think what will be fun for us is let's start with this is ad lib by the way um <laughs> let's start with some things that you've seen of observations of presenters that totally take away from the message because people like i've gotten feedback from other professional presentation uh, presenters excuse me on what i'm doing so i can stop it so we to right. list off some things with the hope that if you're like yeah that's probably me uh, if you're more aware of it, you're more likely to uh, fix it. Right. Okay. Um, so I would start with pacing. So okay. one of the things that really annoys the crap out of me is the lion pace. So you think about picture somebody on the stage, uh-huh. and they literally walk from one side to the other, back oh, the, other, back side, and back back and the other side, back the other side, back the other side, back the other side. And what's worse is, is that if they have a um, a TV sc- uh, camera oh, on them, I was, th- was going to say, like any w-
1: candidate, yeah, it's just. Right. Well, this
0: what, what ends up happening is that they look up. If you if you're in the crowd and you're looking up at the two screens on the sides of the presenter, then it just like you almost get dizzy because all you see yeah. is, is people moving back and forth, back and forth, and like all of a sudden you're like you look down because you can't stand looking at them anymore. I can't handle. So that would be one for me that walk to a point, stay there stay for a while, there. take a look around, enjoy <laughs> the view, enjoy right? Them. And then, of course, don't ignore the other half. So take another couple steps. Enjoy the view. Take a moment. It's okay. You don't need to like okay. pace like a lion. What's something else that really detracts from a message?
1: Oh, what really detracts from a message probably is the over-explaining over of the message.
0: Okay. So the person that uh, makes a point, then remakes the point, and then it, resells the point, mm-hmm. then sells the sell of the point. N- yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, state the point. <laughs> Build a case Assume we're
1: all intelligent human beings <laughs> <laughs> and move the fuck on. <laughs>
0: oh I love that. <laughs> no, it drives I love me that. crazy. One for me is monotone.
1: What do you mean? I don't understand. Tell me Dude, more about it. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. <laughs> when, and I've been guilty of this in my past, but the same tone, <laughs> same temper, tempo... Same sound over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and I actually disinflected a little bit and that was on an accident. And that was on accident. You're like, I can't be it's monophone. Just, right, mon- I can't monophone. even do that anymore. I can't,
1: even if I tried.
0: Right. It's but if you listen to somebody that's just <sighs> monotone forever, it will absolutely destroy the I'm message. I'm like what instantly
1: else? sweating because I, love, I have a lot of monotone that happens around me in my life. Okay. <laughs> it gets me very. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. So what else? What else? Um, we kind of talked about it already, but going over going over the allotted amount of time.
0: Going over time, yeah. Uh, please pay attention to what she just said. We would rather you finish on time and not finish your entire message yes. than go over and finish it. I promise you that's the truth. Yes. Right? Um, for me, this is both in person, uh, in interviews, or one-on-one, as well as on stage. Eye contact, eye contact, eye contact. Now, let me tell you this right now. I've got a little boy that's suiting my daughter, right? Like some little my little uh, high school love going on, right? And I'll tell you the fastest way to get your ass killed if, you, if you're trying to date my daughter is don't look me in the eyes. I don't yeah, trust you if you don't, don't look me in the eyes. Right, I don't trust if you even if you do, but right. <laughs> if you don't... For sure you're gone, right? For sure you're out of here. I got to tell you that this little guy that's uh, that's uh, that's dating my daughter right now, he's got a, he's got good eye contact. He that's shakes good. your hands, looks you in the eyes, but don't think that doesn't apply on stage either, Right. So, you know, we already said earlier, don't just sit there and read the notes because what that's yeah. telling, because remember eye contact is a trust thing in the real world, in the one-on-one world. So if you're reading notes, what you're not doing is look at the audience. The audience doesn't trust that you know what the hell you're talking about. Right. So it's the constant gazing, the constant, I, you know, find somebody, look them in the eyes, speak to them individually for three seconds. Find somebody, look them in the eyes, talk to them for three seconds, find somebody and make sure you're going all the way back and all the way down especially if you're on a stage scenario mm-hmm. especially if there's cameras if a mm-hmm. camera is on the back side of a room looking at you and you are looking down talking to people in the front the entire time because that's where the lights are the problem is you're never looking never to the looking back up, and you're yeah. never giving the camera eye contact yeah so it's just eye contact does matter even when you're in a big forum
1: my my next one was going to be um not recognizing the blind spots. Oh, blind spots, okay. So, kind of goes into what you're talking about, but I'm thinking more of like, we're not on camera, we're in a smaller room, and there's only a wedge of people that are being spoken to, so everybody outside of the peripheral vision that you have yeah. is not a part of the conversation. Um, and that gets really old if you're in one of those areas. Yeah. Sure. Nervous
0: ticks, dudes, do not play with change or keys in mm, your pockets.
1: Remove them all.
0: Do not play with change or keys in your pockets. It looks like you're playing with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I promise that's all everyone's listening to and watching. They're not listening to your <laughs> message. They're watching you play with yourself. It will take away from the message. <laughs> I'm not wrong.
1: You're not wrong. Oh, what is it? Let's see. What's another one of my guys are looking sides. away. Girls
0: are looking. That's what's happening. <laughs> but so, I'll tell you the truth, though, is the nervous ticks like you do that one all the time,
1: right? That's why I was, that's exactly uh, what I was you leading you to. It
0: drives me effing nuts. I know you I, sit there and play with this, and then you play with your hair. But it's not a, you do.
1: The thing is, I don't think they're nervous ticks. Oh, they are. I'm not, but I'm not nervous when I'm doing them. What do I look nervous?
0: <laughs> Kevin, do you think she looks nervous?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? It looks nervous, it. right?
0: It's the it's point.
1: part. Of, and he, this Zoom has taught me this. I'm like I really enjoy this
0: because you're looking at yourself in the Zoom meeting. <laughs> no, I
1: like it's like calming. So it's like part of me listening, calming,
0: calming the I'm nervous listening.
1: tick. I'm not nervous. When I why do you
0: be calmed? Then? One of the
1: uh, like because I'm like listening, and the other thing I like to do is see how tight I can tie the knot. So with my it goes own back t- to
0: <laughs> like for all t- of you <laughs> watching, it's a nervous tick. It will distract <laughs> from the message. Like, look how tight I got it, <laughs> <laughs> and it comes right back up. But seriously, like uh, paying attention to nervous ticks. So a lot of women will play with jewelry around yeah, their that neck. Is, that is uh, very they'll, true they'll, though. Re, they'll re kind of center the medallion or get the little clasp on the back of their neck. I see that a lot. Um, you see people that have loose bracelets or loose watches that they're constantly fidgeting with their watch or bracelet. And to that note, don't look at your watch the entire time when you have an hour to speak to make sure you're on track put it on a table in front of you mm, that you can yeah. look down quickly at. Yeah. But you look your watch is distracting because yeah, then people everyone else thinks, "Well, shit, how much time do we have?"
1: Yes. Then this isn't really a tick, but again, none of mine are. Um wear something that you're very very comfortable in and feel great in. That helps that. a lot. So that's you a like preparation you thing. really got to like whatever you're going to wear, make especially for women like with heels, and this, like, I'm short. I'm five two. So if I'm going to be on the, like, on the ground or not on stage, I've got to wear h- really high heels. So I got to make sure that I can wear the high heels that I can actually freaking walk in. Yep. I'm not gonna eat shit on stage because that would. Be and
0: very I'll take that a step further. So let's just say you're speaking to a room, but you're five zero, like Bryn. um
1: He just took two inches off. <laughs> Are you five two? I just said I was five two. Well, you're shrinking. You're
0: <laughs> every year that goes by, you get short. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I am too. Don't worry. So I'm like six, nine now. <laughs> or are six, five. Um, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. My point is, is that, uh, one of the things I had to coach Brent on as example, very, very early on. I mean, yeah. this is a decade ago, 12 years ago is when people are sitting in a room and you are shorter than the average, Yes. then, um, they can't see you. They cannot and see so you. And so if there's a tall dude or woman sitting in the front of the room and you got some shorter people sitting in the back of the room and you happen to be short, yeah. you mm-hmm. have to recognize that before you go to the presentation and put some high-ass heels on you really do. or boots on just so you stand up a little bit higher because yeah. uh, I, I will tell you that there is an advantage to taller people that they command an audience easier. Yes, It does not mean that short people can't. So um, no, It's, my, a, th- let, let me it's just, a real thing.
1: Let me tell you what it's like to be 5'2 in a conversation of a group of six five people all <laughs> you you truly oh, do not exist because there is like there's no reason to look down <laughs> like five two, six five. if they've got anybody else six five or better or same it. like you don't exist and so the same thing happens When you're presenting, Um, but the thing is too, you also have to move through the room.
0: That's that's a big tip. Listen to Bryn here.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta move. You gotta move through the room, which that's where it gets very critical that you wear shoes that you can walk in.
0: What what you're getting at, and what this this is the critical piece I want people understand is you gotta read the room. You have to read the energy. Okay. Yes. So, for example, uh, one of the little tricks of the trade that I've done for years, and Bryn does too. Is if we've lost somebody in the back of the room, just go stand next go to them. Stand next to you them. Stand, if if somebody is being disruptive and texting or messing around their computer in the back of the room, if you go stand next to them, they stop texting. It's really weird. I mean, if that doesn't ever people, happen to me. Mine if, or always right, really, you you always are always really. Everybody's always talking <laughs> in the back of the room. Go stand between them. They'll stop <laughs> <Yes>. talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's about moving between and opening <laughs> it up, and that way you're engaging people in the back the same as you're engaging people in the front, um, and with that energy piece too what this goes back to if you're actually looking people in the eyes you will feel when you are losing people yes right so don't keep talking about what you're talking about if you've lost people change it mix it up get loud like re-engage ask a question do table work do anything to mix it up to get the the energy that's a
1: huge tip is um your table work but before we go there um as far as preparation Asking what the setup of the room is going to be oh, ahead of time, um, and am I going to have a podium, a lanyard, or a microphone that is corded or non-corded? <laughs> um, because that, AV. I mean, it's going. That is super, super important. And I did have someone. It wasn't you though. It was someone else that was helping me with public speaking. Maybe Brian Avery. I can't remember. Um, tell him what you want. Like yep. he said, request a lanyard. Like request request one. And especially because in the specific setting, it was like, you know, 10 chairs on each side of the room with one aisle, and it was like 20 rows deep. And that's where we talk about like my short ass. it has no chance of getting the I'm attention get the of the people in the back of the room. I have to be able to walk back there. And with a corded mic, it's not gonna not we gonna you, work. We could
0: also just get you a box. We could have you stand on a we box. Stand on a box. A, a, a moving
1: present. box. A rolling box. You and I ro- can just roll around.
0: <laughs> or you could <can> get one <laughs> of those. No, no. What about one of those? What uh, are those things with two wheels that you stand on? The kids like them. They just kind of oh the hoverboard. Uh, is it a hoverboard? I don't think it's a hoverboard. Is it a hoverboard? Yeah. I mean, I don't two? know
1: because that That'd is be the awesome most terrifying. Thing it, thing you can <laughs> lean forward like Superwoman and just kind of drift to the back of the room. I, mean, I feel like a Segway would be more fun.
0: That'd be kind of cool. It'd be distracting though. Um. So we digress, but preparation—I uh, I love what <laughs> Bryn just brought up. Tell if you have a better feel for what the layout's going to be, what the room's going to yes. be, uh, who the audience is, if uh, you're—are you interviewing with one person or multiple people? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a presentation to sell something, are you with the decision maker, or are you with the? Are oh. you are you, inter, are you meeting with the person that is the in between to the decision maker, right? Yeah. Because you can then better prep yourself, your speech, all those things. Down to let me take it one step further. If the gatekeeper says no most of the time in a big industry, then maybe you should prep on what is the gatekeeper like. Yeah. Like this is start a little bit their of ass. start kissing their ass. Find out what their name is. Facebook stalk them a little bit. Find Absolutely. out when their birthday is. Send them a birthday present. Send bring them flowers if they're not married. Like <laughs> all those things, right? There's there's way. The, yes. My point is is that a little bit of preparation goes a long way. Quite often, right? It really does. So let's take this to the next little piece. Um, let's talk about. I want to finish on four three two one. What In your bullet points, what, what would be the next logical step after preparation?
1: Well, so we kind of I feel like with preparation we kind of talked about, you know, the the tonality and the pauses kind of energy levels. Ooh,
0: yeah, that's another tip we didn't specifically talk about. We talked about eye contact, we talked about pace. Well we really talked what we did talk about is all the things that don't work. Let's just make sure we don't don't miss anything. So some good tips of great speakers that do work. Um, one that you just listed off was dramatic pauses, right? So, Which, wh-
1: as a speaker, is very uncomfortable. Very difficult, yeah. Very uncomfortable. So when people pull it off very well...
0: It's noticeable. It, yes, yeah. and it
1: just like s- it steals my heart. Yep.
0: <laughs> so uh, dramatic pauses can start as early as before you speak. Literally. Like, uh, literally, the, uh, there's a, a concept called the lion's gaze. Which
1: which is another one of Ryan Avery's things. Yeah. You know, By the it's- way,
0: uh, Ryan Avery's a great public speaker, so... Uh, I would recommend it to anyone to look him up Mm -hmm. uh, and follow his uh, stuff if you're interested in this kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, uh, what he talks about is the lion gaze. And what the lion gaze is, is let's say that you, uh, it's your turn to speak. It's your turn to go. And let's just say that you are a teacher and you've got kids in your damn room. And there's kids are unruly and disrespectful little a-holes these days, (laughs) it seems like. Uh, Or uh, it's a presentation to 15 people or coworkers that are still, you know, just chit-chatting around the coffee machine. It doesn't matter. When it's time for you to go, if you say, hey, let's go ahead and get started and people don't listen, just sit there and be quiet. Mm-hmm. And people will start looking at you, just staring at them, uh, and you're being silent and they're watching and it makes them uncomfortable.
1: And it, it's real uncomfortable too, on my. Uh, for me, it is. It may not be for you.
0: It yeah, is. I've gotten really way better at it. <laughs> I'll just sit there and stare at people and like, whenever you're ready, c- you know, just sit, I'll just it's sit here. It's really hard for me. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 um, but when you successfully effective. pull that off, it, yeah, the yeah. effectiveness of it, people, it, it is another way to further demonstrate confidence because it is unnatural to be quiet around people. It is an unnatural feeling. So yeah. if you can, when you're making a point and you're trying to drive it home and you say something that is important and you stop and let people just kind of sit on that and, and think about it and write it down. It's really something that takes your speaking to the next level. Really and truly. So, and that goes even to slowing down tempo, speeding up tempo, slowing down tempo. Like, hey, I really want you to listen to the next thing I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is blank. People pay attention because you change your tempo or you paused altogether. So it's a very effective tool. Uh, You brought up earlier, another thing that's super important is being real and sharing pain. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Being real and sharing pain is. Uh, I am so sick and tired of the crap that most, not all, people post on the internet or on social pages right. about the perfect lives that everyone has. And yeah, I I appreciate the keeping in touch with my family, and I want to For see. Sure. I don't want to see your family crying. I get that, um, but when professionals and athletes and all these and, and all and the leaders, quote unquote, the world, are only showing what's going well in their world and they right. never are real or share pain. Right. They're not relatable. So the point here is is that if you can uh, bring yourself down to norm- normalcy and not be just the guy, the the ivory ta- tower on right. stage, right. and say, look at me, I'm the best, but hey, listen, I, I made the same mistakes, so what I'm gonna teach you today are 10 things that I did wrong so that you can get you to the finish line the faster, line? right? right. Because uh, it
1: is automatically assumed that the person on stage or the person speaking is the perfect. most knowledgeable yep. the best yep. and that not may not necessarily be it, the case. Yep. It's not y-
0: normal for people to share their right. fears and their yeah. heartaches and their mistakes. In fact it's funny uh, you, you told me uh, for season one for the fin- uh, you know all things money what was one of the most watched episodes of season one that had to do with sharing pain Do you remember? I remember vividly I was like, no kidding.
1: Well, to date, it's the marriage and the, um, the one about marriage. <laughs> marriage oh, about oh no. Uh, that one is, uh, that one actually still is, is things to talk about before you get married. Um, a very good episode.
0: People. But that's not the one. What's that's the not one? the
1: one is, um, all your, all the shitty. Yeah, ten you ways to lose <laughs> money.
0: All the shitty ways to lo- to fuck up and lose money. <laughs> lose your money. So guess yeah. what people have I've got lots and lots and lots and lots of episodes about how to make money. And the one most <laughs> watched is the one of how I fucked up. <laughs> That is being real and, and sharing, sharing pain. Let me say this pain. again. Be real. Share pain. Yes. People can relate. Yes. Okay? yes. And so yes. that is a very powerful tool. So if you are trying to sell a product, you know, you talk about why the last one didn't work. You know, you know I don't want to waste your time today, Bryn. You know, it's funny. I pushed this product for the last five years and this product just yeah, I, it failed because I didn't recognize A, B, and C. These are the mistakes that our company made. As a result of listening to our clients, this we've, we've this is what the changes are, so we don't have the same mistakes moving forward. Can I, can I earn your business, right? Yeah. Whatever that sounds like, it's don't ignore the pain and heartache because people love the, um, this the. Gladiator story, right? They want the yeah. hero, to have adversity, overcome it, mm-hmm. and then get to the solution and learn something through the process that hero's kind of arc or that hero's story is very effective in presentations.
1: Yeah. One thing I do, I've started doing probably over the last year or year and a half is um, if I'm, you know, selling a business partner or trying to earn a business partner's business or a realtor's business is telling them through the process where things are, if it's going to suck, this is where it's going to suck. This is, where you're gonna, this is where it's going to be hard for you using us as a new lender. So telling them the pain points yep. and that here's how to handle it when, when we get there. I love that. So that you don't uh, run the I other direction. i you another
0: example because you, know, you made me think about the same thing in my presentation. So when I'm talking to clients, um, they've got a famous airplane ride conversation I've done for 15 years, mm-hmm. right? So every lender is so good at saying, we're the best, we're the best, we're going to do everything perfect, perfect, use us, we're perfect. And what I literally do before I finish up my loan application, I say, listen, you know, the mortgage industry is really tough. We're going to take your firstborn child in the blood sample. For sure, it's going to suck, right? (laughs) So the analogy I use is kind of like an airplane ride. I want you to expect turbulence. No, I'm a great pilot. I'll land the plane, but there's going to be lots of bumps and bruises along the way. Like, you're going to get audited the day before closing, make sure they're gainfully employed. They're going to re-pull your credit to make sure you didn't open new debts. So they're going to ask you about this large deposit, this small deposit, and this medium deposit over the last 30 days. Yeah. There's lots of ways that they're going to frustrate you. Just know that we're really good at what, what we do, and we'll get you to the finish line, right? Yep. So in that present, like that's a one-on-one presentation to a client that's buying a home to explain the reality of the mortgage world, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about how to earn a client's business is... Based on past experience, we're really great in these areas. This is something that's new to some people. Right. So this could be a pain so point for you. But if that point. happens, call me. Yeah. and I'll just, so This is normal. Get, we'll work yeah. through it, right? For so sure. being real and sharing pain is a super, not a, not just impactful, but important piece of the process. Totally. To, to being listened to and, and more importantly, heard. And right?
1: trusted, I think. You know, I mean, I think it builds a huge, yep. huge amount of trust.
0: Another um asterisk or, or something I would recommend that anyone that's thinking about doing a presentation or doing an interview, uh, just needs to read a hundred times before they walk into that presentation interview or, you know, public speaking scenario is you got to remember that confidence demonstrates competence. Mm -hmm. Confidence demonstrates competence. Confidence demonstrates competence. Okay.
1: And so what are some things that, what are confidence what does confidence look like?
0: Um, so that's a great question. What does confidence not look like is stepping backwards. <laughs> what does confidence look like you step forward? What do c- not confident people do? They stand at the back of the stage. Confident people stand at the front of the stage. In an interview, confident people people lean forward. Con- uh, people that aren't confident cross their arms, cross their, arm, uh, cross their chest to protect themselves, right? Go, please go. Um, right. So they look like they're cold if you're trying to picture that strong
1: um, um strong handshakes strong
0: handshakes versus like flimsy dead fish in somebody's hand and like, if you're you know,
1: i feel like we all need to add that to our parental checklist of things they must oh learn yeah. oh i'm so <laughs>
0: proud two of my three kids won the handshake contest for their grade <laughs> levels at garden ridge elementary <laughs> school yeah what a great contest it's a, right it's a, uh, they do it <laughs> every year and oh my they, gosh it's literally a whole school and every class votes or the teachers vote on the best handshake of the class and they all compete oh.
1: I love Pretty that. I so love I know that. Mason
0: won for sure. I think Aubrey <laughs> was like runner-up or something like that. <laughs> That's
1: fantastic.
0: But um, but yeah. So smile, but, smile. Yep. Yeah. Smiling, eye contact,
1: eye contact with people, um, asking questions. You know, yeah. tell me about the space. Tell me about your audience. Tell me about, um, you know, why you're doing this. Yeah. What's the purpose of this? Of this. Uh,
0: don't under uh, underestimate dress. Right, dress not just to impress, but dress for the job you want. Yeah. Right. Um, all those things say a lot about you, which are the non-verbals. Yes. Um, what else would show that you are, uh, confident? What are we missing? Cause I think we just have a good half dozen, but what else would you say?
1: Um, an organized, uh, I, I do think that explaining the organization of what to expect over the next, Mm-hmm. 30 minutes or hour. And I'm talking even specifically on one-on-one, specifically in an interview. You know, it doesn't have to be on stage presenting to a lot of people. You know, the first thing I want to do is learn a little bit about you. The second thing is I want to hear why you feel like you're qualified for the position. Yep. I want to hear what you think you're interviewing for. Um, I want to tell you a little bit more about our team and then we'll wrap it up and we'll follow up with next steps. Like,
0: yep. I love that. And actually what you just did was ask a lot of questions. And this is something to remember whoever's asking the questions is in control mm-hmm. so it's a good reminder it's that easy way to kind of put yourself in the driver's seat which yes. will help you b- build confidence is have some very well prepared questions that are important yeah right um
1: i think those are good anything else Cannon? what do we miss Cannon, what do we miss, we miss?
0: <laughs> <He's> you said <laughs> you talked about you know where you're comfortable in it's interesting to me like how many people in an interview scenario, we'll wear something they'll never wear ever again. Never it's almost like again. they're going to a wedding and yes. then that's not who they are. Yes, uh, I've gotten the habit of almost every day wearing exactly what you're going to see on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, because okay. I, I want people to work with me and like me for who I am, not who I pretend to be.
1: I mean, if you're comfortable, you are going to be you're better um, received, I guess is the best way to mm-hmm. say it. Women, I feel like men have it way easier than women, but I could be wrong. But like I did ask Randy the other day, I said, are suits comfortable? And he was like, I mean, yeah, for the most part, they're pretty comfortable and unless you get hot. But yeah, like you get to wear flat shoes all the damn time. That's bullshit. That's not fair. <laughs> Although now because sneakers are just like the thing and with, you know, working from home, thank goodness. I'm much more comfortable in sneakers and I can get a hell of a lot more done. Heels suck. Um, spanks, bras, jewelry, like all the things make you very uncomfortable, which then can lead to being irritable and then not coming off across as mm-hmm. either hap- as a happy person <laughs> at all anymore <laughs> or less confident.
0: I love that. And I guess you add added that self-care in general. You know, if you feel good about yourself, that's going to build confidence regardless. Very true. So especially very if you're gonna true. Be on stage, if you're going to be speaking, if you're going to be doing anything Self care matters, right? It does matter. Um, so we talked about that piece. Any other uh, bullet point? Okay, we got to talk about 4321.
1: Yep. And I think that, yep.
0: So 4321 is, you know, this is about presentations. And um, the 4321 is a concept of some ideas you should have in the bag that you should have prepared at all times so that if you meet somebody to sell a product to, Mm -hmm. uh, if you have the elevator conversation, you're sitting next to me on a plane, you uh, are going to be on stage in an interview or otherwise. It just makes you, in my opinion, invincible when it comes to being stumped or not knowing what to say or what to do, right? So all it is is what number four is, is four would be, two stories personally and two stories professionally. So you have four stories. The Each professional and personally, you have one win and one loss. So a, a, a happy ending story, a being real, sharing pain story mm-hmm. at work, a great uh, outcome story at home, and a need improvement, you know, personally, this is what I'm working on at yeah. home. By having some stories, you have the ability to tell people about who you are, what you're about, and Stories are the most memorable way to communicate effectively. They really are. End of story. Uh, We were both reading a book right now, and this is a shout out to him, because I did not particularly like this guy as a stage presence or a artist until I read this book, and now I've got a deep affinity for him. (laughs) But Will Smith wrote a book called Will. And more importantly, if you are an Audible person, I'd highly recommend listening to Audible because Will Smith reads it. And And from a presentation perspective, what you'll hear through the uh, book, hear through his reading, are everything we just listed off. Mm -hmm. Confidence demonstrates confidence. Being real, sharing pain. The guy talks about how uh, when he was a kid and for years of his life that he was a coward. He says it on stage. Uh, And in this book, he writes about it. He over makes fun of himself incessantly. Uh, he, <laughs> he has <does>. learning <laughs> lessons that he points out so God, we can learn learning. from him. Yes, but like he does all of it through stories yes. after stories vivid, after stories. With
1: vivid detail.
0: And it's like easy to remember. It's easy to relate to. It's easy to retain mm-hmm. because it was storytelling. And so understand that telling stories and specifically in the present tense, not the past tense, not... Uh, back when I was a kid, this is what I did, but imagine I am sitting there on fire in science class in yeah. front of 30 people. I'm literally on fire, and my <laughs> beloved teacher comes running up with his big man hands, and he's putting the fire out, and like that is storytelling at its <laughs> yes. finest, and you've got to remember that the purpose is is that if somebody asks you what your story is or anything uh, like uh, of the kind, what's about you, what about business, you got to have a story you can dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think it's
1: hard. I mean... I am not a great storyteller. Um, Think, if you wonder if you're a good storyteller, think about the way you tell jokes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like
1: a lot of times.
0: So I love (laughs) that you said that because I'm funny and you're not. I'm a good storyteller. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) When you have
1: to explain why your joke is funny, it's a good indicator. You are not (laughs) a great storyteller. (laughs)
0: This is therapy. This is fantastic. So (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) <laughs> um,
1: you are actually a pretty good
0: storyteller. I'll give that to you.
1: I, I really appreciate that. I feel like that is a very much a pity compliment, and oh, I'll take it anyway. <laughs>
0: getting better every year.
1: <laughs> getting get better every year. Um, it's hard. I feel like it's hard. And then you take it one step further. It has to be in, like, present tense. Now I'm sweating again. Like, it. it's just a very, very challenging thing. So um, it takes practice. And when you can... No. Um, When you recognize a great storyteller, there's a lot of appreciation for it. And so when you go and listen to this book, Will, um, Josh, it was was chapter two that just like, I'm like, he has to read this because he talks about his imagination and how um, I guess they went to church camp or something like that, him and his brothers and sisters. Summer summer camp. camp, And how they were saying, Will came home and said there was – there was a band and trumpets playing and...
0: and dancers. It was <laughs> <Dancers. is> amazing.
1: <laughs> and his mom was like, really? And his sister goes, who hey, stood by the jukebox all day? <laughs> but that was his interpretation of it and the way that he turned... I guess, I don't know. I just thought it was beautiful. And I feel like you do the same thing really well. Like, here's your interpretation of, like, how great something was. <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was a backhanded compliment, tra- but we'll take it for sure. It's still a compliment. I'll take it.
1: It's, it was a storytelling. <laughs> I, I tried to get there. This is yeah. the, I'm not a good storyteller. <laughs> yeah, uh, I,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll be... Let me use his personal loss story so this might resonate with other people that are listening, okay? Yeah, so know. mind you, in theory, like uh, it, I told my team this just, th- just this week, as a matter of fact, the reason why I like the book is I don't find... Or I, I should say this differently. What is projected on screen and on the radio for a rapper mm-hmm. is nothing, in my opinion, but machismo. Look at my car, look at my women, look at my money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my pers- perception of a rapper. Okay. So, mind you, Will Smith was originally DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, right? So, he's the Fresh Prince part of that story. Right. And. So when, when Bryn said, hey, you got to read this book, I was like, I'm really just not uh, interested in an egomaniac. I'm just not. Yeah. And he, it w- the first chapter was The Wall. I think it was the ch- second chapter was I Am a Coward. And so w- literally Will Smith says on audio in his book, he says, I am a coward. Mm-hmm. And it began when his mother got knocked out by his father mm-hmm. in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fist comes across the face. Will Smith is standing over, you know, his mother crying. Yeah, he's embarrassed because he doesn't stand, stand up, up to his uh, yeah. to his father. He's afraid of his father. His younger brother goes to attack the father to get right. in the way and protect mama. And that's when he knew he was a coward. Yeah. And uh, a couple years go by, and and he's in East Philly, and there's this um, uh, pedophile in the neighborhood. There's a, a child. Um, what's it called, a child molester, somebody like that, that lives in the neighborhood, or a sex offender, child sex offender Mm. that's in the neighborhood. And everyone knows about this guy, and all the parents always warn the kids, and all the kids know, like, don't go to that dude's house. And this one day, Will's walking home, and he sees a girl being lured into Mm. this sex offender's house. And he was so afraid that the sex offender saw him, that he runs back to his house and he locks the closet door and he cries in the <sighs> closet and doesn't tell anyone. Right. yeah. And thank God another neighbor saw and intervened. Yeah. But I just don't see people sharing that level of no. pain. No, In the format that he did. So, and mind you, he did this in a very early chapter in the book. First very th- early. The first three chapters yes. for sure was yes. in there. And I remember listening to this and I was like, holy shit, this guy's got warts just like the rest of us, yes. right? like and that's the, the pain that he built his that was a propellant for his career mm-hmm. because he always felt, you know, like uh, his wife, Jada, mm-hmm. was best friends with Tupac. <laughs> so, like, not lovers ever, but, like, they were, yeah. might as well have been. They were inseparable, apparently, back in art school. And so Will Smith's talking about how I got the baddest <laughs> motherfucker in the world as a rapper that I'm competing with <laughs> in, my competing in my mind. <laughs> and, you know, I've never said a curse word in a rap ever. Yes. And, you know, so you, yes. but, but the, this is what I mean by the storytelling. And yes. I'm giving you a secondhand story right. about a story. But some of you guys are like, holy crap, I got to read that book gotta now because book. it resonated because it was a real story, but it was a real story about pain. So that step, the four the, is number four yeah. is have four stories, some professional wins, professional losses, personal wins, personal losses. And then you go to three. Three is statistics, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have three statistics because math and numbers, while, I, you know, I always I, I always love the thought process of statistics are, are just like, uh, uh, you know, you can torture the numbers to tell you whatever they want, mm-hmm. whatever you want them to say. Uh, but that being said, real stats show that you are a professional and have more knowledge than, than people do. And they're more likely to listen to more you because to it's, it's the, again, perception you are the subject matter expert. And Absolutely. so if I, for example, am in real estate, which I am, and I know that uh, last year, the house prices in South Texas appreciate by 19% last year, and where they're expected to appreciate about a percent per month in 2022. And I know that interest rates uh, bottomed out three months ago, and they're expected to go up by a half point to a full point, and that'll affect your monthly payment on a $300,000 property by somewhere in the order of about 200 bucks a month then you're probably <laughs> sitting there being low through your mouth open a little bit saying I should probably listen to this guy. He probably knows what he's talking about, right? He's very smart. So the statistics are things that you can look up about your product, about your service, about yes. your, you know, uh, things that you might be proud of, like last month for my team. And by the way, we've had abysmal months in the past, mm-hmm. but last month was the best customer service surveys yeah. we've ever gotten ever. We had 99.6% of our customer service say, said thumbs up. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's something for my team to celebrate. So we did, but... The point is, is that, that I can say a number, like whether a it was 95% number. or yes. 92% yes. or 99% and I know what that number is, tells my audience, my referring partner, my client that I'm in tune with my business or I'm in tune it. with my, my craft. Mm-hmm. So totally. what are some stats that support your presentation? Two or three of them, three would be a good goal to go into it with that you can drop throughout the presentation. Like, if you use the CRM system, then you'll increase your conversion ratio by 12% mm-hmm. uh, if you're selling CRM systems, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you do X, this is what this is the percentage or the unit or the profitability increase that will happen mm-hmm. with your company. Uh, my last company, uh, you know, I'm interviewing for a job right now. My last company uh, gave me employee of the month three times in, in the three years I worked there, yeah. right? That's still a stat. Yeah, so, for sure. So uh, my GPA, if you're proud of it, was four point four percent or four point four <laughs> out of a possible you know out of possible five or whatever? Boy, um, mine was
1: one, and look how great I am now! <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: that's part of the sharing pain part. Uh, <laughs> look, look how far I've come! <laughs> right, um, but stats do matter, and yeah. it shows your knowledge. And it's not these I thinks; it's the I knows. Totally. Um, two is uh, quotes. Two quotes. Having two quotes that matter. Right, you don't want to just throw out <laughs> quotes that have nothing to do with your presentation, which I've actually seen before and for sure detracts from the message. Right? Have you seen those before? It was like probably people? mine. I'm like, and
1: my quotes are so. What no, you don't know want to do is just Google quotes. awesome quotes
0: <laughs> and then just throw them into your presentation and hope it fucking sticks. Like, that's not what we're looking for. Um,
1: hey. Make sure you look good, have a lot of tonality, <laughs> a, right. lot, a lot of energy.
0: Actually, you got <laughs> a 70% chance of up. doing well on that one. There you go. But uh, uh, let's see. So last Monday, I recorded, uh, no, last Wednesday, I recorded a Wealth Wednesday. And one of the questions that came up is if the stock market goes down, should I be uh, getting out or what do you think? And, you know, I'm not a stock broker, but one of the richest men in the world said, be greedy when people are fearful and be fearful when people are greedy. So I say, like, buy more of that shit. Quote. Right. So it's a quote that uh, that you're tying to somebody, an authority or a respected individual that brings up the what people think about you as well, right. especially if it's a, if it's uh, somebody that people might know, like um, you know, in the money world, Warren Buffett is arguably one of the best. Yeah. You know, or, uh, if you're in the uh, auto space, you know, dropping mics about uh, Ford, right, or whatever. Um, or I guess right now, Elon Musk. I was even gonna say, I Elon, Musk, Elon Musk. You know, Elon quote, Musk, quoting yeah. Elon Musk. If you're in that space, but having a couple of quotes that are relevant to your presentation, that um, say, "Hey, listen, this is my idea," but this guy says something similar, and I'm not a genius, but I'm going to listen to this guy, and so yeah. so you should listen to me, right? I love it. In the last one, the number one is having a good question, a great question, and in sales, I still argue that uh, the the what's your story is the best question. Because people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care, and if you talk a lot about them, um, and you ask lots of questions about them, then they will eventually like you if you ask enough questions. Totally. Uh, and so the four, three, two, one for that presentation. That think about an interview or a one-on-one or a referring partner or a client, or a audience. Having four, three, two, one as uh, a ongoing, always prepared. Any time you can throw out this yes. story or this quote or this stat. Or this question, just puts you in a position to have the perception that you are confident because you, uh, or sorry, that you're competent because you're confident Confident. because you didn't have to think about it.
1: I love it, and also I also find that one challenging too. But um, which part? All of it. All the four, the three, the two, and the one. (laughs) Well, I
0: find um, that you tell better stories than you give yourself credit for. I know for sure, especially when it comes yeah. to the marketing side of things, you know your craft and the stats. The, the stats, back end, yes.
1: The stats, I... For I, sure. You I, I, don't
0: do a lot of quotes, but you're reading more, and so you're starting to. Uh, yeah. And you ask lots of great questions. You. That's true. Never I mind. I rock it. In, I'd I'd never mind. I rocket them all. <laughs> one in four, you're for sure great at. <clears throat> you actually ask better questions about people because you're more curious about people than, than even I am. Um, better I, questions I find about people, yeah. Well, um your ability to sit down with a prospective referring partner and unravel or a, or a, a, a prospective employee and really, like, figure out who they are yeah. in a 30-minute or one-hour meeting is pretty freaking high up there.
1: Well, thanks. That's true. Thanks. So don't just say you suck at it. it.
0: Like, you're better than I you, said than you it, can give yourself I credit.
1: said I find it challenging.
0: <laughs> what I heard was what I he suck heard, at this. You shouldn't listen to us. <laughs> Hey, by the way, but the last hour that you listened you just wasted you your just whole life. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was challenging. Whatever, though. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. You know, uh,
0: let's wrap up the final thoughts here. Here's here's the point. Um, it's not all about money. It's not all about money. So, I don't want you to hear me when I uh, th- think that way. When I say this, but um, I, it's interesting to me how much people like. Let's just use the NFL currently. Uh, or the NBA a couple of years ago, or the uh, uh, MLB years before that, uh, I've heard many people say I'm going to boycott the NFL because of the walkout, or I'm going to boycott NBA, uh, N- MLB because they're they're bitching they don't get enough money, and they're making millions of dollars playing a game. And I w- and my answer is well, do you know why they make millions of dollars per game? And you don't. And and the answer is always yeah, I'd like to know. And it's because they're seen by millions of people, millions of people. per game. They're on. Every Sunday, there's millions of people watching them play. And that's why they make millions of bucks. And there's a reason why Will Smith made millions and millions of dollars, whether you liked him or not, is because at one point he was the number one uh, most bankable guy in Hollywood. And millions and millions of people globally yes. would go watch his movies or listen to yeah. his music. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is that the ability to get comfortable presenting to Start small, but build up to bigger audiences Mm -hmm. over your career is going to have a direct impact on your ability to earn or keep your job.
1: I love that. Uh, I love that. And
0: I don't think people look at it that way. So I don't care if you're in IT and you hide behind a computer. If you talk to only one person and that person is your boss and that's the only person you interact with on a weekly and monthly basis, you're going to be limited in your career and your Mm -hmm. opportunities. If you're the same IT person that volunteers to train other IT people, now you've got 15 people that you're mentoring, you might get a management opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So it, it goes from small to medium to large, and then extra large in some cases, if that's something that you're passionate about. But the presentation skills are what are easily developed over time. Not easy to do, but easily developed. Easy de- Recognizing yes. what you're doing incorrectly and paying attention and correcting it is a starting point. Having somebody critique your... like. I love that when I when uh, you do a presentation and you still do this actually, we'll do a presentation together and then afterwards you don't you don't go high five you say hey what could I've done better
1: yeah what do we want to change we, right? yeah, what, what, it, let's, what what, let's, what could I've done, done, yeah. done better what could I've done
0: better what could I've done better what could I've done better that approach serves you well and it ser- will serve everyone else well if they're okay being real yeah so don't just say hey drop the mic I just crushed that interview if you don't get the job. Pick up the damn phone call back and say, Hey, I, I really it. appreciate the the opportunity. I understand that you went with somebody else. Could you tell me what I could have done better in my interview so I don't make the same mistake for the next interview? I
1: would I would hire I would be like, never mind, I changed my decision. I'm going to hire you. I hope instead. you listen to that.
0: Anyone that's looking for a job. Like, like that's a real thing.
1: If somebody did that to me and said and asked for feedback, I would literally consider changing my decision.
0: Yep. And no one does it. No one. But whether you're uh, onboarding a job if you got fired from a job hey I don't agree with your decision but I understand your decision you're the boss mm-hmm. could you tell me what I could have done differently or better so I don't make the same mistake with a future employer Yeah. Um, thank you so much for letting me speak to you guys uh, 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 if th- there's a survey at the end I'd like you to tell me what I did well that you want me with that in a future presentation you think I should speak about again and things that you think I could have done better whether yeah. it has to do with the hotel the food options, the length, the content, the presentation. Could you grade me? Because like, I can't fix what I don't know is broken. Right. The surveying yeah. a client after the fact. Um, I love that some hotels will send you a survey or call you, most don't. I love that the car industry has changed where there's compensation tied to getting surveys that are 100%, yes. not just sell yeah. a car and good luck, right? Mm-hmm. So those are my final, final thoughts about presentations. Do you have anything else to add to that?
1: The only other thing I would add is, and it's just saying it in a little bit of a different way, is it puts you in a, in a position to be prepared at all times, not only in a professional environment but in a personal environment as well. That can open up an, a network opportunity that you didn't even know could was a even was a, a possibility. Sure. Um, so this past weekend I was in Nashville and had the opportunity to go hang out at a the most exclusive members only cigar club and made a really good contact and I that has some that would benefit a, a personal thing like you know for JDRF or whatever. But I do believe that it's because of these things, because of That's the questions, because of the confidence, because of the ability or willingness um, or comfort level in um, engaging and in asking enough questions to get to the point where I could then make the connection is the reason. Uh, if you're not prepared for it, there's...
0: I love it. All presentations are, so don't overthink it, all a presentation is is the ability to communicate effectively a thought to uh, an audience of one or of a thousand It's just the ability to effectively communicate a thought. And so why wouldn't you work on it? I hope it helps you guys out. I love it. um, I love it. Thank you for watching and listening to another episode of Sigmund Sense. We like your comments. We do like we your like comments. We like your feedback. <laughs> Tell us if what If there's we something do you think we could do better, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> we love uh, to uh, hear Or if that. there's some content you'd like us to add, we'd love to yes, uh, deal with that as well. For
1: sure, for sure. Find us on all the social media platforms, um, including TikTok now, which is super exciting. Um, and also email us at sigmonsense at gmail.com and subscribe and keep on keeping on.
0: Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.
1: Cheers.